Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. All right, welcome to the Side Action, episode 28 of season four. My name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter or on Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Well, Action, we're only a week away from our big trip, but, um, you know, what can be said? There's a lot going on in the world. Um, you, you've noted a lot of stuff in the NFL, but how, would, how was your weekend personally last weekend? It was a good weekend. We uh, just kind of hung around town, didn't really do too much, hung out with the neighbors a little bit on Saturday night, uh, who coincidentally are not big basketball fans. So I missed all of like the Duke UNC rah-rah and some right. of the other late night games. We were playing board games instead. It was a good time, though. Nice. How about you? What happened volleyball last night? Oh, uh, we got crushed in volleyball, like 25 to about 10 points back in both games, 25 rally scoring. So gotcha. we're going to take it down a league next section, next session and just go to intermediate. Okay. So I think yeah. that'll be the sweet spot for us. Yeah. yeah. Playing advanced is tough. There's some mm-hmm. good guys out there. There is. Yeah. Regrettably, uh, America, the people that had the tickets on the Pistons, you can tear those up. Um, <laughs> we got upset in the first round on Friday night pretty pretty rough game actually actually we're getting crushed most of the game and this team wasn't that good we just played it really badly and but the last four minutes we did up do what we do furious close played amazing for four minutes but it was too little too late we're down 13 with four minutes to go and cut it to three even stole the ball with about five seconds and then missed the three well we didn't shoot a three we missed our last shot to lose the game in the first round kids crying it was it was okay. sad and and unfortunately the big rival uh, the Spurs, who've won many championships, they won it from the – they were actually like the four seed or three seed or something. So, wow. anyway, it's a good season. I'm going to be a head coach next year, Action. It's going to be nice. a big uh, step up. But that just means I just have to make sure I'm not going out as much on Friday nights. But, um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I had a fun Friday night. Kind of, you know, Sophia's in town, my daughter's in town. We, we saw the Batman on Saturday. It's really good, by the way. Nice. Totally different approach. And the Christian Bale, it's more of a detective story, which I really enjoyed. Um, and, uh, yeah, just trying to get ready for, for our trip. And March Madness, as you know, the Wegg's Pool is kind of starting to fill up a little bit. I think we have about 40 entrants at the moment, but I expect, again, around 150 or so. So we'll see. And um, just getting geared up, man, ready to go. Awesome. Yeah, likewise, I'm, as you know, I have a precursor to the Vegas trip going to San Diego with yep. – some of our family so looking forward to that leaving tomorrow and we'll be uh doing my tournament prep from the beach hopefully oh must be rough yeah as you know chicago the chicago version of mardi gras or carnival is saint patrick's day mm-hmm. uh, that'll be saturday i don't know what i'm going to do yet hopefully i'm not going to be crazy i'm not doing pub crawls and stuff i'm definitely going to play volleyball but i'll get out there one way or another and get my green shirt on and you know do a couple Irish whiskey shots here or there. So nice. All in preparation for the trip. Action just gotta be ready. Of course, you gotta get the liver ready for Vegas St. Patty's Day. That's right. Well, let's talk about this NFL action before jumping to the hoops. Um, 
crazy day. Yeah, obviously the trade deadline. Um, before that, we had this crazy news about Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver of Atlanta. Uh, apparently he did some gambling last season. I'm not even actually sure what he all gambled on, but I heard it was only like 1500 bucks, but mm-hmm. I don't know what the report was. But in the end, they're suspending him for the entire season in 2022. Seems a little harsh to me, but that's kind of how it is. Uh, so Atlanta, they weren't great before. Now they're losing their top receiver. Kind of a tough, tough beat for those guys. Yeah, really uh, interesting timing. It seems like the NFL lined that up perfectly to land on Tuesday or whatever. So then they had all the trade and signings yesterday that pretty much dominated the news cycle. But, right. I mean, what can you say about Ridley? It's certainly a boneheaded move. The one funny tweet I saw was that he bet $1,500 and he lost $11 million, which is the worst odds in sports gambling history. Because Wait, he what? he forfeits his eleven million dollar salary in twenty twenty two. So he bet fifteen hundred, yeah. lost eleven million. Yes, that's definitely a, a about as bad of odds as you can have. So definitely not worth that fifteen hundred dollar bet that he was whatever he parlayed that into eleven million dollar loss. Wow, mm-hmm. that's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. indeed. A couple of the other big news, you know, we all the quarterback movement, and we knew this was going to happen at least at some level, but, you know, your guy, I like this danger, Russ. Um, you've got uh, <laughs> Russ, you know, Russell Wilson goes to the Broncos. I know my dad, who's a Broncos fan now, don't, let's not talk about it. Um, he was really salty because he thought Aaron Rodgers was going there. Oh, yeah. He's like, this is too big of a price, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, they gave up two ones, a couple fours, a five, three players, all for Russell Wilson. I mean, and now they're still like the third best team in the division. I, I don't understand what they're doing. I, I, I'm not saying that he can't make it happen because I think he's a really good player. But for Russ, he's probably getting paid good money, so it doesn't matter. But it's not necessarily going to vault them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. I My first reaction was way overpaid for Russ. I think it was two ones and two twos plus those three players. And uh, not to mention from Russ's perspective, now he's going into what is the most difficult division in the league to play in the AFC West. Just didn't really make a ton of sense. I would have thought he would be much more favorable to landing spots like in the AFC South, for example, or the NFC East would have been much better landing spots. Yeah, maybe he could have waited a day because you've got news. We'll jump to that right away since, you know, the Colts apparently hot off the presses traded Wentz today to the, to the commanders, Washington. That would have been a good landing spot for Russell, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. be an immediate because in that division, of course, you have the Titans, but the other two teams are pretty bad. Uh, you know, it makes no sense to me, but that's how it goes. Um, what do you think about that trade for your Colts? I think it's wonderful. I, uh, you know, it was pretty clear that Frank Reich didn't really believe in him after the one season. You know, we certainly gave up a lot to get him last year. And I think the obligation for the contract was the biggest piece of that. And I read just briefly before we jumped on that Washington had agreed to take on the full remainder portion of the contract. So the Colts have to be really thanking their stars that they were able to get from out under that contract. What did they get back, incidentally, do you know? I, I read it was just a handful of picks, nothing like the Seahawks got for Russell Wilson. Right. But, I mean, right. a couple of picks, I think third, second, third rounders, a few in that range, certainly a good return. And now we'll just have to try to find a quarterback in the draft or through free agency. Right, right. We'll see. And then the last one is Aaron Rodgers is staying you know, with the Packers. He resigns. That, that isn't surprising to me. I mean, Rodgers 
you know, regardless of what was going on with off the field, everybody talking crap about the guy, you might as well stay in the division you're going to win. There's yeah. nobody else to beat him in the division. And the NFC is markedly worse, I think, than the AFC anyway. So it's much easier path to the Super Bowl, especially at his age and in the career. So if he would have gone to the Broncos, he'd have, I, don't, I mean, he makes them good, but he's got two stud, you know, obviously quarterbacks in the you know AFC West. And so anyway, I, I, not surprising to me. This isn't that big a news to me. Yeah. I also read that the Packers are going to franchise tag Devontae Adams. So I'm sure that was a big factor in the Aaron Rodgers signing too. He was like, I'm only staying if you're keeping Adams. Yeah, I mean, it does tie up all that money in those two players. Um, but, you know, they, they got about another year maybe of trying to do this, you know, under the current format and see what happens. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe they'll make it to another NFC title game and lose. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Probably. Anyway. Let's get to college hoops now action. Um, let's review the action index before we jump into it. As for people that are hopefully big hoops fans or just new to hoops with us this year, this is a huge you know, conference tournament week. That's all we're really going to talk about this week. Um, there's no real anything else to talk about. Selection Sunday is Sunday coming up. So it's not like we have a lot of the matchups slated yet. Um, but it's good to identify teams now and watch them. I mean, your, your top team is still you know, Gonzaga, who won last night, though, WCC again. Um, but uh, talk me through the action index. It looks similar to last week, but maybe there's a little changes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one team that jumps out at me in this top 10 is the Houston Cougars. I know mm-hmm. that you and I traded a couple of tweets over the weekend about how they just don't look like the same team that they did early in the season. And I did a little reading, and I should have known this, but a few of their top players have been out since early January. And so yeah, I think some of, the, some of the numbers that you see here don't really reflect what their team is today. Right. They still rebound the ball, and it shows that's that's a big thing in the you know the action index. But, you know, they can't beat Memphis. You know, and we'll talk about them in a minute. I mean, I actually like them as a sleeper team. I'm assuming they're going to make the, title, make the uh, NCAA tournament. We'll see. But, you know, they're, they're a team that has won 10 out of 11 games after yeah. they got run of one of the top players. So I don't even know if they can beat – they can win their own conference tournament. Um, they've won the they won the regular season, but they lost twice to Memphis. I mean, I do see Texas Tech sliding a little bit. You see UCLA bumping up. But the difference between Gonzaga and Arizona is so big in your index, it's, like, kind of crazy. But we'll see if that translates, when, like we talked about before, with strength, strength of schedule when they come to the big dance. Yeah, and you know, I watched the game last night. They they let St. Mary's hang around again. I think it was yeah. a three or four point game with just five minutes left. So uh, that's going to come back to bite them in the tournament. And I, I'll still go on record as saying I don't think they're going to win it again this year. I know you're going to lay that price, whatever it is, when we yeah. get out there. Well, let's talk about our results because finally we had a good week action. Um, my my numbers said we went five and two. I think that's right. It doesn't bring our season total up for. Very, where we need it to be, but this is where we want to get hot at the right time. So uh, obviously Ohio State uh, did did come through against Michigan State. That wasn't a huge surprise. Um, Arkansas, you know, this was an interesting game. They were actually down kind of big in the game. I told a coworker of mine, hopefully he's listening now, out of New Jersey. He just kind of found out I'm you know doing the podcast, and all of a sudden he's all in. He's listening. He's texting me a bunch of questions on Saturday as I'm like doing stuff and um he was on Arkansas with me and 
Nice. <laughs> they were down by like 15, but they closed the game really strong. They got it to within, I think it was, so I think they got it to two. They lost by four, and the closing number was like seven, six or seven. So they covered again, but they did lose finally. Um, we liked Kansas. They they did cover uh, at home against Texas, and we called it. I mean, I was a little bit not as gung ho as you were, but North Carolina. I mean, they not only covered the twelve, they they went in and kind of smashed the Dukies, especially in the second half. They were down at halftime, and they just destroyed them in the second half. We talked that Carolina has been playing better, but do you think that uh, what is this a more measure of Carolina, or do you think it was the moment with Duke? That's a great question. I uh, I didn't get to watch it, obviously, and I haven't gone back to the highlights, but I, I think it's probably more so just the moment with Duke. However, it's not a team that I'm interested in backing as we get into the tournament structure here. You know, it's 27th in defense is okay. Uh, their top five offense certainly could carry them, but I just don't. I think it comes down to coaching. Coach Gay yes. has shown for years that he does not have the ability to put his players in a position to win. He just sends them out there and lets them play hero ball. Yeah, I would say the last five, six years, that's how it's been. Coach Gay, and not saying he's mailing it in, but he doesn't have the same tactical advantage he did when he was younger in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I agree with you. Um, so, right, I'm not back and do 100%. But I was more talking North Carolina. Do you like North Carolina? Because they're playing right now, even though – it's a weak ACC. No, I don't. I don't have interest in North Carolina. I think they'll probably sneak in the tournament now with that win and a decent performance this week in Brooklyn. But it's just not a team that has the offense to win games in the tournament. I'm happy to fade them on Thursday or Friday. Right. The two games we didn't do well on was first uh, UCLA. They beat USC, so they got their revenge, but they only won by seven. You know, they, the game closed at plus eight. So, you know, USC covered the you know had the plus eight, but. They still played well in the game in UCLA. Certainly, your guy, Johnny Juzang, is back. back. He was injured for a little bit. They look like they're ready for the tournament. And then Houston, we kind of mentioned that before. We, I thought Houston would kind of get their revenge. They did not. Memphis won and won fairly easily in this one. And then the last one was uh, Iowa and Illinois. And we were both on this. And Iowa is a really good game. I mean, I don't know if you watched this game, but... Iowa probably should have won the game. Illinois kind of did what they do. They they stormed back a little bit, really hard fought down the stretch, and they they did win the game. Illinois did, but Iowa got within the number three and a half, the closing number. Yeah, that game was awesome. I was certainly parked on the couch for it, and the Indiana fan inside me was cheering for Iowa to pull out the victory because then Wisconsin would have had the one seed, and Indiana could have had a pretty easier path and a third shot at Wisconsin. So. Um, it was tough to see the Hawkeyes go down, notwithstanding a small money line ticket, too. Right, right. Well, let's get into some of the smaller conferences. We'll kind of go quickly, and then we'll jump into the big conferences. I know Action wants that stuff. But some of the teams I just kind of noted here, especially at the top, you know, the Am East, American East, is uh, it's a conference that isn't super strong, but Vermont is actually a pretty good basketball team. Uh, we'll see if they can survive. They're going to have to win the tournament to get out of it. Their finals on Saturday. It's usually the first final of the day. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to end up playing, you know, UMBC again or something. That's usually what the final is. But it's a team that may be decent in the tournament. I'd like to check out that game. If you, you probably haven't seen them play this year. No, I haven't watched much of the American East. I know that Vermont is usually a good team but do you figure they're going to be like 15 16 seed line this time around yeah, something like that maybe even a 14 but uh you know they may give somebody who's trailing you know 
So at least for a covering number. This next one, though, it's Conference USA, which is a really interesting conference because it's going to kind of get just dissected over time here. But their team, their top team, North Texas, I, they may make the dance if they don't. Their, their numbers are great uh, in Ken Palm and everything. Their final is also on Saturday. So North Texas is one of these teams. I want to watch them. This is actually a team, if you go way back, let's go to the Wayback Machine before side action started four years ago. We saw this team win. Remember, they beat West Virginia when we were in San Diego for that tournament game. So I do think they have a decent program, but I definitely want to watch this team. Yeah, and uh, this team beat Purdue last year in the first round of the tournament. Remember watching that at Stadium Swim. Another great rebounding team, and their defense is excellent as well. So definitely a upset potential first-rounder again. Another team that everybody will rave about next week if they can get out of their conference tournament is Rick Pitino's team out of the MAC, <laughs> the Metro Athletic, uh, Iona. And this team's really good. They've only won like five, or lost five or six games this year. Uh, they were in the tournament last year, I believe. So they're definitely a team that has some seasoning. Their final is also on Saturday. If they advance, I think they're going to be a very popular pick uh, for an upset next week. A couple other games. I mean, the Big West plays, you know, Long Beach. You know, they're, I, I like the Zots and the Gauchos and some other teams in this division. But it's this year, I guess, it's Long Beach. Uh, the WAC is also a team. You know, I've, I've always loved this team, New Mexico State, uh, the WAC. They, they, all, all these teams are going to have their final on, on the 12th for the most part. But the Aggies are really good every year, and they're usually a tough out. But they've kind of let me down in the past in getting the outright upsets in the tournament, but I kind of expect them to win and they'll probably be a sneaky pick for an upset next week as well. Yep. Always are. I don't know. Jumping down, uh, you've got the MEAC, the big sky and, and the SWAC, but I mean, the Mac sometimes has some teams that are decent, right? I mean, I've got the Toledo Rockets uh, in there and then Kent State. Those are the two teams that will probably vie for the title there on the 12th. Uh, I haven't gotten to see the Mac much play this year, but those are teams that can definitely get an upset um, next week. Yeah, Mac, certainly very high-scoring league. Whoever makes it out of that tournament will be looking for an over, likely, in first-round matchup. All right. And the last two actually are on Sunday, and that's the Southland. Uh, Nickel State's the top team. And then the Ivy League winner, which you know the Ivy League only has like basically a Final Four, a semifinal. Penn is in there, actually. I told Sophia they play on Saturday for the semis, but the final's on Sunday. Princeton's the top team, and Yale is probably the, the two teams that will vie for that one. So as we go into the major conferences action, I mean, how do you approach these conference tournaments? Are you betting? Are you doing any futures? Or are you just betting game-to-game, -game, uh, money line, spreads? What are you usually looking at? Well, um, I have in the past bet some futures in, in these larger conference tournaments, but to be honest with you, I haven't really found anything that I think is valuable yet this season. So my intent is to really just kind of look at it on a game-by-game -game basis, perhaps even a mechanical parlay if I find a team that I really like where I just bet them on the money line in the first game and then take that winnings plus the original principal and bet them on the second game, the third, and so on. And I think yeah, well, in most cases, uh, some of these uh, futures odds boards, you're going to do better off if you do it that way rather than taking like a Wisconsin at eight to one, for example, you could do better just by rolling your money over each game. Right. I've heard that. I've heard that for sure. Especially if you like a certain team. Well, uh, you know, for me, 
I always target, you know, I do a lot of analysis outside the podcast about the bubble teams. Of course, Wake Forest lost today. I don't know if you saw that. I think they might have just popped their bubble, but we'll see. But I usually target teams that are at least surging at the right time and they're trying to hit the, you know, hit their stride for the tournament. I like to target those teams, at least in the early matchups. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not to win the conference, of course, but you know, that's where I'm looking at. Um, if we look at the first conference, ACC, you know, their finals on Saturday as well. I mean, does any can anybody beat Duke? I mean, we know North Carolina just beat them, but um, is there anybody else besides? I guess North Carolina can beat them. I don't. This this whole division is garbage. I, I they're going to get five teams in. I'm going to actually be betting against most of them next week. Um, I don't know your thoughts about the ACC. Uh, I mean, you know, Duke did drop a few games in league play this year, not only to North Carolina, but. Um... Miami beat them at least one time and Florida State got them as well. I know in Tallahassee. So I definitely think yeah. they're beatable. And I mean, historically, Duke has not really played well in this tournament. I think it's North Carolina that you usually see at the top of the board in the ACC tournament. So I think that they're certainly right for an upset. And Coach K will travel off to Chicago or wherever he requested to go in the first round of the tournament early. <laughs> Call the call the commissioner and the commission the, uh, <laughs> the head of the NCAA and say I want to play there. Mm-hmm. It's my last my last tournament. Huh? Um, the next one is the Big Twelve, and this one I'm more interested in just watching these teams. You've got the odds board, and I think it's it is pretty wide open. So the finals on Saturday, I think there's at least four teams, three teams for sure, and maybe a fourth team that can win this one. It shows that Kansas is plus 200 in this one, Baylor plus 225. You've got Texas Tech at plus 250, and then Texas at 500. I kind of like TCU at plus 1,700. If I was going to take a future, we talked that we probably wouldn't. This team's playing really good, uh, and they're they're playing well down the stretch. They're turning it on at the right time. If I was to go for somebody with a longer odds, I would go with TCU, even though I think the top three teams are the you know, cream of the crop here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's tough in this conference with those top three teams like really short odds i don't know that i would be looking at 200 225 or 230 in any conference but no way. I, my is baylor you know we talked about last week i think with the guards getting back and healthy this def- they perform extremely well defensively and i believe that they're going to make another run at the title i agree with you i agree with the action I, I wasn't all on baylor a few weeks ago but they've definitely turned the corner i want to see how they play again in this this format, because I think even though this is a shorter format when they play three games in three days, you can see how teams adjust quickly. Mm-hmm. I do think Drew's a good coach. I think he's a better coach than Bill Self, actually. So I think in a shorter format, he does well. I am really interested to see how Texas Tech plays uh, in this tournament because I, I do like to back them. I know you've got the future on the big, the big, you know, the big future for the title, but I, I want to see because if they're seated at like the four line, they could be one of those first you know, one seed upsets at some point if they get faced off against a weaker one seed. All right, I know promoting the Mountain West a lot this year, action, but they have a really good group of teams this year, and it's it, they're kind of fun to watch because there's different styles, and they really most of the games are really competitive. Uh, so the Mountain West also plays the final on Saturday, the 12th. But before that, you're going to get some matchups with you know my Colorado State Rams, the Aztecs, who are playing great basketball. I don't know if you've been noticing. Uh, Boise State's really good, and then a team that has to keep winning to get in is Wyoming. Not to mention, this is for our proxy, probably isn't listening right now, UNLV has beaten all of these teams, or most of these teams at once. So 
uh, first of all, are you going to watch this conference, and do you, do you like any team in particular in this group? Yeah, I'm, I like UNLV. This is another uh, team that has been hot lately. I think they've won 10 out of 11 games, and I think that they are primed to make a run in this conference tournament. And although I won't be betting them on the futures ticket, this is a team that I targeted to bet on the money line game over game. Right. And, you know, and I love my Rams, you know, I love, you know, Roddy's my guy, David Roddy's like should be player of the year in this, although it's very tight in this grouping, but San Diego state, man, this team is playing what they always do. Their defense is incredible. Number one in the nation, they finally get some scoring. And when you see them play game over game, it's kind of the same script. It's just bump and grind, but the teams that are better than them, like CSU in the standings, CSU doesn't play defense. Uh, and if you shut down that offense, it's a rough go. So I'm not sure about UNLV there. I think UNLV can score pretty well, but I like the Aztecs here for sure and in the tournament. All right, so I know you don't like talking about this, but the Pac-12, you know, they've got a couple of teams that are decent. Um, their final is also on Saturday. Uh, Arizona's such a good team, and I haven't got to watch them but like twice all year. So I need to watch this tournament a little bit. You know UCLA is going to be there, and USC, of course, is okay. Besides those three teams, I mean, there's nobody else that we're thinking could make a run. I mean, Oregon's got to make a run to make the tournament, but I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, I agree. It has to be one of those top three in this tournament. I would probably lean to Arizona, though. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be hard to beat when it gets down to the tournament format here. Right, right. Agreed. And then the Big East, uh, also on Saturday, the 12th is the final. We're betting against Providence, right? Action, is that what we're doing? We're lining up. I don't know who they play first, but, you know, at least – Covering numbers, this team wins a lot of close games, maybe not money lines, but at some point they're going to stub their toe, especially they keep playing with fire every game, game in and game out. They're still number one in luck, so mm-hmm. I'm lining up against Providence, especially against the number. Yeah, I think if they're laying points in most games, you could be doing pretty wise to take them against them because they tend to be in a close game or overtime, like almost every time yep. out, it seems like. So. Every t- I'm with you. I think that's the play here. And really, I think it's Villanova's tournament to lose here. Yeah, and I will say a team that's going the wrong direction in this conference is Xavier. I don't know if they're even going to make the field because they just keep losing. They had some big wins early, so everybody loves them. But, I mean, they just keep losing. They're not covering numbers in my tracking. Seton Hall's like the opposite of that. They're playing really good basketball. So um, look at those teams if you're going to target some other teams besides the top. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the SEC. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I flipped the game off, but Xavier was losing to Butler before we uh, jumped on the podcast here. So. There you go. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. Yeah, they it, probably won't advance. Also. It's over. <laughs> Butler won in overtime. There you go. So Xavier shouldn't make the field. If they do make the field, bet against them. Uh, <laughs> well, let's talk about the other really good uh, grouping here is in the SEC. This is must must watch TV. This is. I believe between, you know, like we talked about Arizona, the Big 12, Gonzaga, and then the SEC, I do believe those are the, sorry, actually, I know you want Purdue to win it, but I think the title is going to come from those four groupings there. Uh, the SEC's got some stacked teams in Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee. You're listing Kentucky as the, is it plus 150 to win the title in the SEC, Auburn plus 200, Tennessee plus 350, and Arkansas plus 700. You know I love those guys. But even LSU's playing good at plus 1,300, and they're healthier. I would fade Alabama. Um, besides the future, I mean, futures, which teams are you targeting here? I know we've talked about Tennessee a lot and Arkansas lately. Yeah, I, I think um, 
you know, the bracket's set up such that it's Auburn and Arkansas on one side and Tennessee and Kentucky. And out of those teams, I think that Kentucky probably has the easiest path because they play Alabama likely in the quarters. And then I think that they're going to get their revenge against Tennessee in the semifinals. So I I would probably look towards Kentucky in this tournament. I'm not sure that Auburn has the firepower to to make it all the way through to the end and actually would probably lean to Arkansas in that matchup if they make to the semifinals. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I really like Arkansas. I mean, they, they did, they were down against Tennessee at Tennessee, but you know, all these teams were great at home, you know, so this is obviously a neutral venue. They're playing in Tampa this year. It's a little weird, not Nashville. So I'm curious to see how those teams play on a neutral court. Uh, so I definitely want to watch this one. A couple of the other ones, you know, a 10 is not as exciting, but there are some teams that are trying to get into the dance here. Their tournament finals on Sunday. Uh, Davidson's the top team, but I'm not sure they're the best team. Uh, they've got Dayton and VCU there nipping at their heels, and even the Bonnies can jump in there to grab this bid. Uh, I haven't gotten to see any of these teams, to be honest with you, but um, I like, like to me, I always would target a team like Dayton's playing a little bit better and has to win to get in, uh, just because I think, you know, motivation. I'm on VCU in this conference tournament. I think that they have really turned up their defense lately. Before the loss over the weekend to St. Louis, they had won eight games in a row themselves, and their defense has been dynamite. They're up to fourth ranked in Ken Palm. And so uh, this is another team I've targeted for a money line rollover. Well, and especially, you know, VCU is one of those teams, not unlike Texas Tech or Syracuse, who won today as well. They always do this. They they play that unique format, right? It's a havoc defense. It's pressing. Even though these teams have seen it in a short turnaround, they don't have like three or four days to practice against that that pressure, and they can't simulate the pressure because they don't practice that way normally. So I do like teams that can press effectively uh, in the short format. So good call, actually. And then uh, the last big one, there's the, we'll talk about the AC in a minute, but the Big Ten, of course, they always have their – they're final and it's like inconsequential it seems like to the <laughs> to the actual bracket but um, I think it's a wide open I mean what's interesting in this one Purdue of course is the favorite at plus 175 because of their talent but of course we know that Illinois at plus 275 and Wisconsin at plus 800 won the actual crown for the regular season but Iowa's plus 400 and I really like Iowa I, I don't know why um, they're just playing really good basketball I was impressed the way they played at Illinois. They played really well down the stretch here. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen them play against Purdue per se, but I've seen them play against some of the other big boys. I kind of like them uh, in out of this grouping. What do you think? It's really tough setup for Iowa because they slipped down to the five seed right. after that loss Sunday. And so they have to start their tournament on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And in order to make a championship, they'd have to win four games in four days. Right. So. Uh, although, having said that, they're likely going to face off against Nebraska, it looks like, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Rutgers in the quarter. So it certainly seems like they have a good path into the semis against the winner of the Indiana, Michigan, and Illinois pod. Okay. And so I definitely think that there's a little bit of value on them. I'm not sure that 4-1 is the price, to be honest. I was shocked yeah. to see it that low. So about Indiana, they, they did draw, you said Michigan, right, right off the I mean, they didn't get in. I mean, they're not in if they lose. Michigan, I think, has kind of secured them play, their, their, spot, their spot there. But Juwan Howard is coming back for this. Do you think that the Wolverines get a bump with him's return or what? 
You know, I'm not sure that Juwan Howard is going to make much of a difference. I, I actually think it's probably a negative because they had been playing so well with Martelli on the bench, and now they're going to revert back to Howard, and I expect that it's just going to be a distraction for them. Right. So uh, I haven't looked at the odds yet, but I had kind of lined up a banana as an underdog there. I think that they have the inside presence to match up with Michigan, and uh, it's certainly a must-win for them. Gotcha. And then I was interested to see, I almost thought, like you, to your point, that the Iowa and Wisconsin odds should have been reversed, right? It should have Wisconsin mm-hmm. plus 400 and Iowa plus 800. But, I mean, apparently the odds makers believe, as you do, Wisconsin's a little bit of a pretender despite Johnny Davis being the guy. Well, that and uh, Johnny Davis has a little bit of questionability in terms of his health. He got delivered a knockout punch on Sunday and didn't return to the game against Nebraska. And although I initially thought it was a concussion, I read later that he was in a walking boot. Mm. So uh, apparently he had a press conference yesterday and said that he's going to be out there and playing this week. But I believe that the 800 plus 800 odds reflect his questionability. There you go. Well, it's going to be important for both seating and then the matchup next week because he's essential. I mean, if he's not healthy, it's a big difference. Uh, last conference tournament is AAC. Uh, we talked about this a little bit already. Houston's, look at this, minus 167 to win this. And I'm surprised, especially after last week. Memphis at plus 260. SMU, who has to keep winning at plus 600. And then you have Tulane, Wichita, and UCF. Or UCF. I mean, I'm surprised that they're minus numbers. I don't. I know that they're a really good basketball team, good Ken but Memphis seems to have their number. Uh, I guess Memphis has to get through SMU, and they've lost to SMU this year. But in fact, I think SMU is the only team that's beat them in the last, you know, two months or so, or six weeks. So, what do you think about this conference? Yeah, I'm with you. I was shocked to see that Houston was a minus 167 favorite this tournament after how poorly they played over the weekend and uh, I think that on the other side you've got Memphis who uh, presumably can waltz into the championship and at plus 260 I, I think there's some value there in this one right right exactly well there's your conference tournament breakdown I mean there's obviously tons of basketball to watch I mean I watched some last night I don't know if you saw the melee the NEC matchup last night did you watch that Oh, man, it was like Bryant, which is, the you know, I know you like him here, but Bryant, it's their first time in the dance. They, they they qualified. They're up by 36 points. Now, in that small conference tournament, they hosted it. So it's basically, I don't know, 80% Bryant fans and, like, the small parent section for Wagner. They're getting housed. All of a sudden, there's a melee in the stands, parent, players involved, punches being thrown. They had to delay the game 30 minutes or so before they could complete it. And then they actually asked the WAG, once they won, they asked the Wagner fans and uh, players to get off the floor, and then they did the awarding the ceremony. So it was kind of a crazy game. Um, but, yeah, there were some awesome games already. Uh, you know, buzzer beater, you know, in the SoCon the other night. That was great. And, um, so it's just been already fun uh, if you're watching some games. Yeah, definitely an awesome week. I, you know, I've heard a lot of folks that say that this re- week actually is better than next week just because there's so many more games that are on and games that you can bet on. So right. certainly must-watch TV. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the NHL angle. You know, it did hit. Uh, so Dempsey, our guy, was going out to Vegas with us, and he's already getting fired up for Stadium Swim. He shot us a text today. 
He hit it again. The Blackhawks lost to the Flyers yet again. Let's make it 17, 17 straight going back to 96 now. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll reach another, I guess they won't probably won't play them in Philly next year. I'm not sure how the schedule works, but, um, so winner, winner on the NHL angle. Yeah, I follow empty bet too. And I was certainly sweating there in the third period. The Blackhawks went up twice and then Philly answered both occasions and came out, came down to the wire and they closed out the victory. There you go. There you go. Well, he knows. He knows his stuff. All right, we're going to jump into golf now. I know a little bit of a bitter topic, Fraction. He's been riding the golf wave, and now he's he's swearing off the you know the Players Championship. But why don't you tell us what happened at the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Yeah, free for me uh, in the matchups and the overall betting didn't really turn out any profit. In fact, it was the opposite. Uh, Scotty mm-hmm. Scheffler, another. Fantastic performance from him. The course was extremely difficult on both Saturday and Sunday, and he came out on top against some pretty formidable competition down the stretch. And now it seems like he's really hitting his stride. It's the second tournament he's won now in the last couple of weeks. Gotcha. It looks like you didn't hit on your matchup, so it's okay. You're gonna you're gonna take a week off. You're gonna have a, a vacation, San Diego, get a little sun before you go to Vegas. And then you're going to hit it big when you when you get out there. Exactly. That's what happens. I'll sign up for that. So yeah, we're a week away, everybody. You know, action will actually be there on Tuesday. I'll be there on Wednesday, uh, the 16th, and we'll you know we'll meet up at some point. We're going to do our like, I don't know how we'll do the broadcast, but we're going to do our broadcast from Vegas next week. Hopefully, we'll find a venue and figure it out. Um, so that'll be exciting. And then obviously Thursday, the 17th, where the opening round is, we're going to go to Stadium Swim. We lost the day bet every America because, you know, people just, they, they failed me. That's all I got to say. They failed me. But we're going to be there bright and early. We're going to be there at 8 a.m., you know, scoping out our spot and getting our getting our suntan lotion on so we don't, you know, get sunburned like sometimes I've done before. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it, bro. I, I'm, the contact uh, contact countdown is on. I'm ready to roll and um, ready to put down some wagers. That's right. Yeah, we'll uh... – We'll get some sun on Thursday morning, drink some green beer, I hope, by the pool. And I, you know, I share with my family, I'll share with the listeners here. My plan at this point is just to line up and bet against every single Big Ten team on Thursday and Friday. Not sure if it's going to be the money line or the spread, but eight, nine games, I figure that I'm surely going to come out on top given the poor performance of the league lately. Wow, look at this. The, the the former Big Ten homer is just lining up, man. Good for you. Good for you. You know what's down? I'm doing that against the ACC. Yeah. I mean, five. besides maybe if Duke gets a cream puff because they're one seed, okay, maybe not. But the other three or four teams in the ACC, I'll line up against them for sure. Um, there's a couple teams that, you know, you can just see the trend is not going well for them, even in the other conferences we like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see the edge. I mean, we know that the people that make the lines are smart, so – and a lot of times it's Ken Palm. So I wish Ken Palm was not in the, we weren't the only one using it. I, I wish we were the only one using it, but um, unfortunately the odds makers use it too. So that's great. Um, I, yeah. Anyway, I was remiss. Okay. I completely forgot. We skipped over the big 10 tournament. Nebraska has been balling lately and uh, I'm watching them here in the home office and they're up by 10 in the second half over Northwestern. So uh, those Iowa Hawkeyes better look out tomorrow and anyone else who might be in their way leading to the championship. Well, what did it take that scandal or something with Hoiberg, right? I mean, he was going to, it wasn't him, but it was a scandal with the women's coach or oh, something. I didn't hear about this. You hear about uh, this? Oh, some, some hot chick 
player, a uh, women player, was messing around with the coach or something. He got fired or something like that a couple weeks ago. And then now Hoiberg, you know, was on the hot seat. Obviously, he was going to get fired at some point because they were stinking. All of a sudden, bam, they flipped the switch. They're playing good basketball. But I don't think they can make the dance. They're going to have to win it all to get it, to get in there. You never know. Crazier things have happened. That's true. That's true. All right, everybody. Well, it's, you know, enjoy the weekend. It should be very fun. We'll, we'll check in with you next week. Follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, let's do this. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.